going on? You're listening to the Film Drunk Frotcast, coming at you not live from all of our frot quarters into your frot quarter. Uh, as always, I'm Vince Mancini. The irregular, regular Matt Lieb is on sabbatical with his child uh, that he just made. Uh, good congratulations to him. But you know what? We're still going to have a fun time around here because we got some guests this week, including uh, your old pal, Laramie Legal. I'm so glad we kicked Matt off finally. Yeah. It was, it was a while, but you did the right thing. There's going to be one or two listeners that are going to be happy about that, at least. <laughs> Most of them will be sad. He had a he had his little sex trophy. That's good. Finally, he can show it off. Oh. Man, I got a penis. Look at this. Dude, there's so many sex trophies around here. Speaking of which... Uh, the, the largest my, sex trophy I know. My sex trophy. We also got mm-hmm. uh, comedian Joe Sinclitico. Hey, hey, you guys. Nice. What's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> Hi. Hey, did, did you move to Oregon and immediately start wearing like the little uh, Joe Pesci beanie all the time? No, I was doing that when I was in when I was working in LA fashion. I converted. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> when I was doing uh, catering on LA fashion shoots, I converted to the. It's called a fisherman's mini fisherman's, bro. Is that what's really? <laughs> I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's called a mini mini fisherman's. Wow! Did you? Uh, are you paying? Are you are you pumping your own gas? Is that fun? In Oregon, it's the opposite. You never get to pump That's your right. own gas. Are you enjoying having someone pump your gas for you? No, I hate it because <laughs> it's like it's an it's extra. Uh, but I converted to an all electric vehicle, so now I never have to fucking pump gas ever again. It's very good. Look at you. Wow. What kind of? What do you have? Like a Tesla or something? Life's good. I I did. I got a Tesla, and it's pretty. Jesus. It's pretty fucking sweet, dude. Wow. Look at the big balls on this guy. Yeah. Fuck. Have fun buying stuff before your kid comes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably have to get rid of it to have a baby seat. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Among other things. What does the baby do? Um, Wait. It's do. Are we allowed in, to say this yet? I'm sorry, I forgot. Sorry, I, like I, I totally like. I mean, we we still there could be like a chromosomal thing where we scrape it, but. <laughs> oh my god, uh, <laughs> that's the wrong. Okay, but uh, like as no. of now, as of now, it looks like it's gonna go to term. Little Laramie Jr. doesn't Take it to hear term. that. That's what I say to my wife every day. Take it to term. Go all the way, baby. Try to like pump her up. Yeah, nice. No, You're a hype man. That's but, smart. But it's due. It's due like uh, Cinco de Mayo, dude. It's when my oh, wow. I have an app that says what to expect, and it. What should you expect? Peg, based on the last time uh, my wife had a period. Hot. <laughs> Huh. Still can't. I still can't get over that she has periods, but um, <laughs> it is, it is strange. She, and now yeah. her mucal plug is all hardened. Been there, and it's fucking stinks. The dogs are going crazy. <laughs> Wolves, yeah, bears. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. You're going to have to buy a llama to keep the coyotes away. <laughs> the mucal plug. <laughs> so tiny, that's the hard coyotes. The coyotes are circling the house. So yeah, my wife's. <laughs> they, they all smell like that the mucal plug is like a pie warming on a windowsill to a coyote it's just like you've got <laughs> what? Like, <Huh? laughs> 
<laughs> and, like <laughs> nose goes up 35 miles into the forest. It's like, wait, you guys, you guys know that? Yeah, it's just peeing on a tree. All of a sudden, its ears go back. Like, oh, somebody's <laughs> <laughs> mucus oh, plug is hard. Fuck that. So. Have you ever been to? So I went to like one of those. That, do you know that why this is so extra fucking hilarious to me? Is because I've been making mucus plug jokes for almost the entire time we've known she's pregnant and none of her family thinks it's funny nobody no thinks kids. it's funny and then i get oh. on and it's just like a five minute riff because <laughs> we know real comedy around here you gotta find your crowd sometimes you know those people want to yeah, sell you term really. life insurance <laughs> what what was your interaction with the with yeah, the bring it up with the uh the obgyn i forgot what you're telling you're telling oh, me no <clears throat> Yeah, I went into the obstetrician, and it wasn't even the obstetrician. It's like the pre-obstetrician, so it's just like some nurse that like checks you in and before you meet with the obstetrician. But yeah, and I was she was giving us like a they give you like a full rundown, I guess, because the doctor's time is you know, so they get all the stupid questions out of the way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just making a, a fucking ton of jokes. Like at one point, I said. I said, now, is there, because they were talking about genetic testing, I said, is there a high probability that the baby will have Down syndrome because the mother has it? <laughs> and, yes. And, uh, yes. Roasted. I'm yeah, I'm trying to think you what burnt. else. Oh, gee. Scundered, mate. <laughs> dude, dude, and then there was a fucking... And then uh, he walked out. That's my time. <laughs> <laughs> so she... She had my wife in like a chair across from her. My wife. And then so she made me sit on the exam table. But when I looked on the exam table, I go, there was this big red spot. So I sniffed oh. it. I sniffed it. And oh, I go, no. is that what I think it is? Come yes. On. And she goes, no, Come it's on. just iodine. But it was like. You were like doing a Gallagher was, routine in there. I was doing. Jesus. I was doing. I had a whole fucking. <laughs> Feel. So tight fifteen. That's I don't know if I would go back to a to an OBGYN that has like a giant red stain on the yeah on the table. That yeah. feels it's wrong. Oregon. It's Oregon. Right. There. She's like, no, no, no. It's just iodine. I was like, cool. Can you guys get some wipes for your iodine before I fucking? They, they yeah. barely have hospitals there. It's like all crunchy. Yeah, dude. I mean, even the nurses are talking about like fucking home births and yeah. how do you want to yeah. do it. And yep. and we're like, yeah, cool. I don't want my wife giving birth from some fucking chick that got a you know certificate at a yoga retreat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they give those at yoga retreats? <laughs> I don't tight. know. Dude. Pretty tight. Shavasana, and here's your certificate. You can now give birth to people. You need a midi dubs, and you need a doolala, and you got to get them stat, and you want to yeah. have that kid in a tub with some fucking bath salts or something. I'll, I'll, well, so I have a girlfriend that. Hot. Um, oh, sorry. she she had a, she gave birth the, her first birth she gave like natural right or she tried to do it natural where it was like in a hospital but then in, they in transition if you need help you're right there right yeah and she was like dude it was basically 12 hours of me doggy style with yes. completely mm. doggy style butt ass naked while yep. 12 people stood behind me and just watched me <laughs> fucking put it was the most humiliating 
like 12 hours of my life just me with my, my fucking asshole and everybody staring at it and then finally when i was like okay dude i'm fucking done like give me she said when she was finally like okay this is it like give me drugs like let's just fucking get this thing out like whatever you gotta do and they were like ah it's too late sorry <laughs> yeah we also yeah, do, we're not gotta do it all natural we're not allowed to give going. you drugs sorry we don't that have that epidural's gotta go in as soon as you roll in or you can't have it that's the rules i wonder if you tried to do anal while you're having a baby i would think that would be <laughs> Laramie, come on well, yeah, he, he, he said in. he said looking at the butthole, he brought it up. <laughs> yeah, right, and yeah. I would think that would be tighter during the other opening mm. being so so challenged. Yeah, or they're just all wide open, dude. It's like a deep. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you guys watching House of Dragons? You guys watching that? Yeah, I've been watching watch it. it. Yes. Did you watch? This is many episodes ago, but when he's like, "Hey, we're gonna get the baby out of you," and she's like, "Oh, cool." And then they just go to town with knives. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't think she knew like, what she was signing up for there. Who has the fucking audacity to tell their loved one, hey, we're going to get this out of you? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I keep Blood. going back there... and forth between, like, why am I watching this stupid fucking show? And, like, <laughs> okay, cool, more Game of Thrones stuff. I, I just, I was talking about this with Brett earlier today, but it's like, they didn't. You talked to Brett? Yeah, I talked to him on his like special app that I have to Holy use because he doesn't use regular phones. No. But um, yeah, like it just feels like uh, like I'll get sort of into it, and then they'll they'll write themselves into a corner, and then the dragon will just show up, and it's like they don't you really a dragon. they don't really think about writing a world in which dragons would exist or like what implications that would have for the story. It's just like. They're like, ah, hey, wouldn't it be cool to fuck your uncle? And then like three episodes later, it's like it's like everybody forgets that dragons exist until the writers also remember. And then the dragon shows up and then it's like, ah, right. yeah, well, that's all gone now. Like, oh, okay. Like everybody chick. would just always be scared of dragons all the time. Or you would make <laughs> like, like, I feel like you would live your life in a certain way if there was like four dragons that could uh, destroy the entire universe as you know it, basically. Um, but they have like preventative dragon measures, like those other guys, like run into a cave or yeah, and then they forgot it because then he just showed up with his dragon and he wrecked well, all of them anyway. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't even. But the other thing I wanted to know, so the other chick who has a kid has to get lit up by her dragon, and the dragon's like pretty bashful about it. He doesn't want to light her up, and she's like Jacaris, and he's like Mom, yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like come on, and she's like Jacaris, and then he's like, he's like all right, Mom, he, he lights her up. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't that. Speaking well, of I, uh, uncles and then fucking, and I'll, I'll get to you, Joe. I'm so sorry. But I went to no. see, I went to a family wedding and I saw people I hadn't seen in legit three decades, uncles. And one of them, uh, you know, we got to chat and like, hey, what have you been up to these last 30 years? You know, what's gone down? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, turns out. It's great uh, when you have kids for that because then you can just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this. Sam's been walking doing this. now. And then it's like, okay, cool. Now we don't have to. Sorry, go so ahead. I think he's got some kind of terminal cancer or something. Oh, cool. And so this is like the third drink in. And I'm like, all right, well, anyway, never see you again. I guess uh, have a good day. <laughs> like, what do you do with that? It's too much, right? right it's like 30 right, years. Right. Haven't talked. We're never going to talk again. Not important <laughs> in each other's lives. It's like, okay. Yeah. What have you been up anyway, to? Oh, just I'm dying. Of, I'm dying of cancer. Oh, well, he lost yeah. a lot of weight, which I was impressed by. He lost like, you know, oh. a good amount of weight. Yeah, you never want to compliment like, him Great, that. dude. He's like, well, you know. It's the tumor eating me alive. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. You look shredded, bro. <laughs> you are 
ripped up. He was a guy who ran from the law a bunch. He would like do that um, thing where if the cops chase you, but if you go faster, they let you go. Mm. So he was like kind of notorious for that until one time they decided he wasn't going to be able to let go and he had to serve like, you know, he had to do a, a, a stretch down a county for a couple months and he was saying that wasn't good looking back. Yeah, know, that's not reflective. That's not bad. Dude, for... I have a I have a guy that uh, works for me that he did some time in prison and um, he uh, was t- telling me I was asking him I, I all I do is like I hired this guy and then it's like okay dude so like prison dude like uh, when you're in <laughs> That's prison you're and, and like I just fucking <laughs> ask him every fucking question about prison but he was uh, he was telling me like. Um, fuck i i like i like took a sip out of somebody's drink he goes and he said something like you know like in prison like if you fucking like you were white and you sipped out of a black dude's drink they fuck you up for that they beat your ass i got for you just share it take a sip of his drink he's like no man i'll fuck you up like you can't be seen like it was like one of the things that he highlighted i was like well tell me like Cause you had buddies that were black and you were white and, but like, what are some of the things you can't do? It was like, you know, you can't fucking this, this, and you can't fucking take a sip of their drink. What were the other things? That was hilarious. I mean, yeah. You can't look like, them in the eyes while you're fucking them. Like you can you do can't it, ganja but style. yeah, no eye contact. <laughs> God, I can't remember. Um, yeah. I can't remember the first two. They were and they were like obvious ones, but the fucking one about the sharing of a straw was I know hilarious if you, to me. If you <laughs> like you can't get money. your cooties. <laughs> yeah. If you if you borrow money, you have to pay it back, or it gets real real bad. Mm, yeah, they don't like that non money when paying back. And if you steal, I know that's really bad too. If you're a thief, but he was like in a prison where it's like mostly. Um, fucking like not 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 people there was like a federal prison it was all like drug dealer people yeah and they were he was just like people just fucking tried to like not get fucked with or fuck with anybody else and it was like just get the fuck out of here as quickly as possible Uh, yeah i imagine federal prison you get to play like you know softball and uh and play (laughs) musical instruments and stuff yeah, it's a lot of Nintendo 64. Uh, that's what I'm planning for if I ever get indicted. And you get those clear t- <laughs> insider trading. <laughs> what what stocks are you trading that are so insider? I want to know. Dude, I can't tell you. Otherwise, I'm not going to make my return. Like, Yo, that on. Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys, I got some content for this episode. I like. I love all these personal stories, but we have got some content to get through. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Olivia Wilde, uh, her... Her nanny is spilling the fucking tea about her and Jason Sudeikis. Uh, and this, this has united them in a, in a strange way, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, who? Who? Her and Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I think they both don't like the nanny. Um, <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, so. what's, for what seems <laughs> <Shared> like <enemy. laughs> pretty good reasons, but uh, yeah. Um, what did she say they were doing? What is okay, the so the biggest. I think the the. Like the general thrust of it was basically that uh, Olivia Wilde uh, pulled a Bogdanovich where, you know, she started filming a movie with this hot guy and then like fell in love with him and fucking sold out her family. At one point, like she claims that uh, Olivia Wilde gave away the family dog so that she could spend more time with uh, the boyfriend. Oh, damn. Yeah. So there's a lot of I mean, that that one feels like um, if 
if a reputation management firm was like trying to make people hate Olivia Wilde, like that would be like the first story that you <laughs> I clinched. thought you meant Bogdan Bogdanovich as an NBA fan. I was a little confused for a second, oh, no, but no, I realized no. it was Pe- Peter. Peter, yeah, yeah, I yeah. got there. I got there. The Ascot man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went yeah. hog wild on a playmate. Uh, anyway. Um, well, you've got to. So I think the other big, <laughs> the other big part of the story uh, was that apparently Olivia Wilde has a special salad dressing. Uh, yeah, so uh, here I'll I'll find the part. What is it? Russian? It's just Thousand Island. In the is that mucal plug. Someone in else it? found <laughs> uh, found like it, her, like her talking about it in the past. This article from the nanny the doesn't actually describe the dressing. It's just sort of uh, referenced um, on November thirteenth. Wild, who was briefly staying at the family's house while Sudeikis was away, went to a party with Styles in Silver Lake before getting home at four a.m. Two days later, Wilde infuriated Sudeikis by preparing a salad for Styles with her special dressing in the family kitchen, leaving Uh-oh. him ranting furiously at her and filming the encounter before he tried to prevent her leaving by lying under the car. Uh, the nanny explained, the night she left with her salad, Jason had chased after her, videotaping her in the house. She was saying, I'm scared of you, Jason. I'm scared of you. And he said, if you're scared of me, why are you leaving, our, why are you leaving your kids with me? Uh, so then... Jason went outside and lay under her car so she wouldn't leave. She got in her car to back up and he lay under it so she wouldn't leave. Uh, that yeah. only works for so long, though. <laughs> yeah. Dude, don't you ever wonder, too, like, like, if you're a famous movie star, actor, rich guy, and then your wife's like, hey, I'm leaving, you're like, okay, I'm going to literally about to fuck a thousand chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but like if you get left for Harry Styles, you're like start questioning your own youth and vitality, right? Like that's the issue there. I have to say though, I would totally fall for this. Like if I was shooting something with someone for a couple of months, I'd be like, "Hun, there's this chick at work. Like you would." <laughs> and she's like making moves on me, and like she's kissing on me. You know, like it's just like you're at work every day. Like it would be weird not to. I do think he has a point. Like if you're scared of me, why are you leaving the kids? And if I were her, I'd be like, "Well, because the kids are fucking a pain in the ass, dude." Yeah, they're they're really yeah, keeping I'm me from with Harry Styles. <laughs> they're keeping like, me from fucking this pop star. Let me tell you, we got a dance party we're going to later, and I need a sitter, so. Deuces. It's amazing too, though, that Harry Styles doesn't look bad in all of this at all. He just looks like true. he's like super appealing, like this, like <laughs> un, un, you know, believably like you know, fucking Rico it's, Suave dude or yeah, something. Is it? It's good like kind of like kids. Like that can't be good, right? Yeah, it just kind of makes him more legendary. You're like, well, he's. Dude, I mean, he's staying very on brand, which is being like super hot and like making a woman that's 10 years older than he is uh, uh, like making her rediscover her yeah. you know melting her mucus plug and whatnot like just that's why he's getting away with it, <laughs> getting, right? getting it real liquid and loose um i'm gonna say they won't last long term you think i think yeah a decade from now i don't see them together I'm yeah gonna throw it out there yeah no. yeah no and then like the other part of the story was like supposedly the therapist telling uh telling them that Harry Styles was like a drug, like she wanted him like a drug. I'm like, this is the oldest fucking pop song cliche that I've ever heard. And (laughs) I don't know if that therapist was like Bono, but you should probably fire them. She wanted him like a drug, like like an anal suppository, just like quick to the bloodstream. So this whole whole thing has, uh, I don't know, but the more Olivia Wilde talks about it, like the more... Wait. Annoying she gets. out. Sorry. Has anyone noticed this yet? If she gets married and they hyphenate, she'd be Olivia Wilde Styles. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> have wow. you already gotten that? Wow, if not, I call that. Yeah, thank you. No, that's very yeah. important. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, so the story goes on. Like this was in the Daily Mail, where they made like a two or three part, just like I don't know, three thousand word articles, just describing things that the nanny told them about. They made a meal of it. They made a yeah. They made a whole fucking bread pie of this thing. Well, you got to. This uh-huh. nanny's got to be pretty good too. You don't get to be just like their nanny without having some like, you know, kudos, right? I would think. Yeah. So th- that was kind of the fascinating part of this was uh, just like the glimpse we get into the world of celebrity nannies. Um, She's also got to be hot, I would think. I mean, I would imagine. But uh, yeah. so, like, this, she, according to this article, she sort of gets caught in between uh, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis. Like, they're each sort of mad at her for talking to the other and. Um, uh, yeah, and there's like a lot of text message screen grabs that are like kind of hard to parse. Um, but anyway, so here's the part about when it finally like comes to a head and uh, the nanny gets fired. Um, a representative for Wild has claimed the nanny was not fired but chose to resign. Uh, the nanny packed her bags and went to the $719 a night Rosewood London Hotel, where she stayed with a month, stayed for a month with her dog, paid for by Wild and Sudeikis. After flying back to the U.S., she said she was cut loose without severance pay and has been unable to claim unemployment because Sudeikis and Wilde have claimed she wasn't fired but resigned. She said, I got nothing, nothing at all. I asked about severance pay, but they didn't give me anything. It has been terribly difficult for me. The most difficult part is I have been a nanny for 20 years and it's my career. I adore children. I was so happy in what I do. Uh, this just tore me apart and I was afraid to work with any other families thinking they're just going to hurt me. I started thinking all the other families were the same. Um, so by the way, (laughs) you stayed at a $720 a night hotel for a month and (laughs) then you were like, Hey, I need severance pay. What the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) That, That, I mean, if that's like a normal thing to expect as a nanny, that sounds like a pretty good gig. Like get it a nanny. It's definitely dude. Uh, you'd think that they would have these like, uh, like you know that all these celebrities would be getting these nannies through some service that like has these people signing some fucking NDA that's like the scariest thing you've ever fucking seen in your <laughs> right. whole life. And then you know basically they're like bordering on jail time if they fucking say a word. I think well, that was learn, the subtext Joe. of like, I didn't even get a severance as in they didn't even make me sign an NDA, which is why you're reading this article. Like they could have easily paid me 150 grand not right. to say shit, but instead, but <laughs> instead they only spent about 20 on my hotel room. And uh, I think yeah. you're going to learn that childcare is just a bitch, no matter how much money you have. Or how, like yeah, no, no one wants to do it. Right. No it's kidding. horrible. You're dealing with some little idiot all the time who's drooling, and it's just, ugh, Yeah, know? my favorite thing is, like, what vacation, like, quote-unquote vacations are like right now, because it's like, oh, let's go right. away for the weekend. But then you go away, like, with your infant it's toddler harder. with, the, with it's you. It's harder. It's yeah. harder. You don't have all your normal stuff. You don't have a separate <laughs> oh. room for the kid anymore, they're, which they're is, like. They're structure. They're pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, why is this? How is this a vacation again? This but your is- wife is like, this is wonderful. Look at the sunrise. <laughs> you're like, fuck me. <laughs> I want to be back home. It was horrible. <laughs> we actually had yeah, to, I, uh, we had to like try to get the baby to go to sleep, which is he does it like seven thirty at night. But you know, it's only one hotel room. We don't have separate rooms for him, so we got to put him in his little travel crib, 
uh, and then play the white noise and then like, and then sneak outside of the room and be close enough to where we can still see him on the monitor uh, until he goes back to sleep, at which point we can like go back in the room. But uh, so it's yeah. like your twenties again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just it's young and carefree. It's great. It's fucking party. <laughs> well, then if, if you snore, you can't be in the same room as the kid. That's the other thing. Cause mm. that's not going to work. So then you're, well, then you're CPAPing it up, you know, well, Joe's already doing that. So I love it. I, you have a CPAP. Yep. Dude. Well, I, I, I did, I did one and it was like, I did it for two months and it like wasn't helping and it was making me like fucking ravenously hungry. And so I stopped it and now I'm going to a Whoa. different fucking, Wait. yeah, I went back to the doctor and they were like, well, that's a sign that it's like, making your sleep even worse because like apparently you have you know hunger hormones and one of the first things that gets out of whack when you start your sleep starts getting fucked is those hunger hormones and now you're hungry and not hungry at all fucked it's all fucked up so yeah i got like super i I got like super hungry like i was just hungry all the time and i didn't feel any fucking better and um yeah so i had to switch it out but um but I'm going to go back. I haven't given up because I'm fucking tired all of the time. And my, my apnea is so bad now that I wake up with like a sore throat from just going. <laughs> yep. Like I'm fucking dying in my sleep. And, uh, but I have a two nanny stories. So I know two, I know two celebrity nannies. One was, um, the nanny to like mega producer, like mm-hmm. probably top, fucking five people John Peters, John Peters, in fucking Hollywood. Like Harvey Weinstein before he got canceled. That that can still make shit, like get shit like made, anything made. And yeah. this dude was like, this dude was the Manny, okay, for them. Him and his wife. The wife's also like a fucking power player. And the whole time, and he's a writer, right? And he's like writing all this shit. And he's like, no, this is really going to pay off for me. Like eventually it's going to fucking, it's going to fucking pay off for me. And, um, Fast so then he, he decides he's off. yeah decides he's gonna leave right after literally raising these children from like zero to fucking fifteen years old, mm. and he's he just asked for a meeting. He goes, oh yeah, can I get a meeting with the fucking uh, producer guy? And so he gets like a twenty minute meeting. The guy's like, yeah, that's fine. So he comes into his office for a twenty minute meeting and pitches him like some ideas and like wants a writer job and. The dude's just like, oh, like, but you just been like nannying for like the last fifteen years. You haven't been writing. Oh. <laughs> and it's just fucking toasted. And then, oh. I mean, literally, it's just like, well, like, but you haven't been writing. You just been like taking care of my kids. Like, why would I hire you as a fucking writer? I mean, when you put it like that, <laughs> that's pretty harsh. And then, and then the, and and this is like a dude that can like fucking, he, you know, he's one of those guys that's got 10 fucking TV shows, five movies, like it's just massive production company partnered with a, you know, very famous directors and also. It would have taken him nothing in the Lord's nothing to get this guy a fucking job writing on a streaming show, like start his career. Yep. And just, and, and then, um, yeah, but then he'd have to find new childcare. No one wants to do that. Well, the guy was already leaving. Well, the guy oh, okay. was already leaving. Oh, okay. So then, uh, then the other one I know is was a woman was taking care of a of a kid, 
that was uh, the child of a very famous couple that's like famous actor couple and like the dude's like marvel type level fucking you know a-list actor michael and, douglas but, Captain she, but she but she never she never i mean bigger even bigger than that like Whoa. a-list a-list but but they uh she never asked for anything the only thing she ever asked for them and i thought this was fucking genius she was like come to my wedding and then it was like the only thing she ever asked for him so then she had this fucking wedding and she had these two fucking like mega stars at her wedding and then everybody all her like home you know friends and shit were like it was like the biggest deal ever. i was like that's a fucking that's pretty smart excellent see now i would know, i would want that money. you got i would want more money i don't care i don't care what they do my, I, I don't care how cool they make me look just yeah well, they probably had uh, to bring would, a check would, to the wedding, I would guess, too. Yeah, yeah that she probably got, she did probably get a fat check. I think but, I would be like, I, mean, I just want one thing from you pay off my student loans and the air conditioner on my house and my car. But <laughs> I, I mean, I, I remember, I remember thinking like she would come over and, and she would talk about it to like my friends and family and stuff. And she was a friend of the family. And she would just go fucking on and on and on and on and on. And I just thought, fuck, this is a ter- like who whoever hired you is a fucking terrible at like picking because na- basically what you want is you Someone what you want shit. is you want somebody that has like top secret clip. You want like a retired <laughs> FBI fucking yep. agent to be your name. You don't even care how good they are at childcare, just don't say shit about my life. Yeah. Or someone who's already been like one of Heidi Fleiss's hookers or something, where it's like oh yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. further. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I've seen all the craziest shit that you could possibly imagine and I'm like completely jaded by it and I don't care anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, or you just do, or you just give them that fucking job. I mean, you just promise a job. Look, if you don't say anything, you will work in Hollywood. I think yeah. that would work too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in, in other content news, um, I uh, speaking of the lives of famous people, you can plug. Preggy drops, bro. <laughs> Hot. Okay. Okay. I'm glad they're drug free. Um, yeah, dude. So Danny Masterson, uh, his trial is going on. Uh, his, so did he rape people? That's yes, that's what the trial is about. There was okay. there was uh, okay. some forcible but in the seventies, right? Rape out. <laughs> no, that was when the show was I, set. I, he was okay, actually not okay. born until the eighties. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I walked into a conversation about Danny Masterson with my employees, and I was like, "What? What? What's up with Danny?" And they're like, "I oh, raped a bunch of chicks." I was like, "Dude, you can't do that. People get pissed." <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can't do that. People get so yeah. mad. And yeah, they did true. not see that. They didn't understand the angle I was going for. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're too understanding. They're like, well, yeah. Like, of course people get mad. That's what you're taking away from it. <laughs> like, no, Look, well, I'm just what? coming out. Of, I'm coming out against it. That's where I'm at. Where Dan- are you at? Danny yeah. Masterson is one of those celebrities that I always had like an irrational hatred for. And so when this came out, I was like, dude, I knew there was something off about that guy. Wasn't he a yeah. science guy too? Isn't he science? He's a Scientologist. That's kind of where I was going with this because... Uh, so that it's not rape because it's religious, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. That's know the that first that's amendment, true. I think. <laughs> no, that's pretty sure that holds out. But uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but they are revealing certain things about Scientology that I did not know. I thought I knew most of the things about Scientology, but uh, um, 
Taking the stand Tuesday after the jury was seated, Jen B., who's one of the uh, victims, said she was, quote, born into Scientology. My parents were Scientologists. Uh, Mueller also had had the witness establish that all her close circle of friends were Scientologists and that she had attended the Delphi School, a Scientology school. Mueller then asked whether she was aware of certain Scientology policies. Uh, Did they have an impact in terms of relationships with other people? Uh, Jen B. responded, It was frowned upon to fraternize with the enemy, explaining it meant not one of us, someone who had not been enlightened and engaged in Scientology. Uh, And then she goes on to use a term that I had never heard before, which is apparently a Scientology thing. Uh, She then went on to use the term WOG, which in Scientology refers to a worthy oriental gentleman, a derogatory term for someone who is not a Scientologist. What? (laughs) You can be reported for relationships with wogs unless you are bringing them into the Scientology fold, she said. So we're wogs? (laughs) Yeah, we're wogs. We are worthy oriental gentlemen. I love that this is just like... Nice. Some super fucking old timey racism. Like they're kind of like nudging each other in the ribs and like doing Mickey Rooney impressions. Like, like you don't want to be an a excellent, worthy oriental excellent, gentleman, do you? Yeah. What the fuck? It's an excellent menswear uh, store name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then there was like policy two is like if Danny Masterson wants it, Danny Masterson gets it, right? I don't think walk, not at bro. our store. <laughs> yeah. Gen B. Yeah, so Wogs. Worthy I, Oriental. I, I knew a lot of bad and, things. And nobody about, said, why do you call them Worthy Oriental gem, Gentlemen? Yeah, like, you, where's the... Where <laughs> they should have stopped the trial, actually. Well, actually, where where does that it's funny. This entire from? article is about how the judge is pissed. <laughs> the judge just fucking... No, the judge is pissed <laughs> that they keep bringing up Scientology, but it's, like, impossible to avoid because all these yeah, people are, fucking, like, hardcore. That's why it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pretty much, like you know, the whole thing with like the cruise ship and paying them like a dollar a month or whatever, uh-huh. like the teenagers. I mean, that's kind of like the gateway drug, right? Like, so you're on the cruise ship, you're getting a dollar a month, and then Danny Madison walks by, right? He's got that '70s show money. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're in his cabin, you're blacked <laughs> out, you don't know what's happening. He's tattooing you, and then, right? It does. It does make me feel like uh, when I hear like these like famous, these like handsome famous actors like are fucking raping too. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's true what they say where like rape is not us like a, well, it's a sex thing, but what do they say? It's like a power fucking, power it's, like, it's like, it's like, it's its own fucking. It's not about sex. Like, it's not, a, it's about power. That's what they say. It's its own like thing that's getting the power to make you It's not bust. like, oh, I want to have sex really bad and I can't have sex. So now I'm going to rape. It's like, no, I like raping. Raping I see. Great. I think no. it's. I. I, I mean, no, that you can't do that. The That's whole bad. it's about power thing <laughs> is a little abstract for me. But it's I think what it is, it's just like they are at the level where they just assume that they can have. Like they're so used to uh, women sleeping with them because they're famous. They're kind of just used to like pointing at someone and being like, "Oh, we're gonna have sex yeah. now," and it working out. Yeah. That like, I do think it's about taking when, agency, though. I think that's what like is like the, it, that they actually getting off on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the I can do what I want. I mean it's similar yeah. to what you're saying. It's definitely like I yeah. can do that thing. It's entitlement. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's also but like it's, a you get to apply jujitsu. <laughs> you work on your jujitsu at the sorry. <laughs> but I I've had him I've had Vince pretty close to penetrating you. <laughs> You, I gotta tell you, I was powerless <laughs> and I was not enjoying it, and it was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Larry. You do, you're gonna get your heart rate up. 
um, but yeah, I definitely feel like my first follow up would be like, um, why do you call them worthy Orientals gentlemen again? Like, I have a question. Why did no one bring up sorry, how weird Judge, that can is? Can I just ask a question? Yeah. They're not Orientals also? Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, you can either be a scientist. It's like someone in the 50s being like, look, bro, you can either be a Scientologist or you can be Chinese. And uh, <laughs> you don't want to be that, right? Uh, no, definitely. Anyone who's not us is definitely from the Far East. Yeah, they're <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, but these things were a while ago, right? Like, these are... Yeah, it was the, the allegations were from a while back, I think. But uh, so was it a civil trial or it's a criminal trial? This is a criminal, I believe. So I wonder yeah, if they this have, is like, criminal. Like, I just wonder about like the evidence, you know, like how do you get the out of the he said, she said thing? Like, I think he's, you know, I'd fucking convict him. Who cares? But I do wonder. It's been so long. He did have one of the coolest DJ named DJ Mom Jeans. That is nice. Yeah. Was his DJ name. But yeah, I, I, it's also just like, I feel like I can totally understand how these women um like it's like please, cause, cause please you, call them hoes please and, and yeah. Yeah. how these loose <laughs> women find themselves in these predicaments these I, no, I, I mean just when you're in i'm LA, not sanctioning you, this you, sorry you this get to bad. see you get to see how like um people respond around like celebrities when they meet like somebody famous mm-hmm. and they're they're so like just kind of froze they get like this frozen thing and then it's like if if you you imagine like some woman with some guy that's like celebrity they're already like uh, 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 and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the dude just like throws himself on top of them you see how it's like they're not like necessarily gonna have like a fucking like let me poke his eyes out kill him they're right. just like oh what's happening uh you know well, it's like yeah frozen fish reaction also, to like this whole thing it's just like you could just get raped by the you know, power of the, per- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But think how bad it sucks for Danny Masterson that he has to go to these lengths to get off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm true. very sympathetic Dude. to fucking. Because women are throwing himself at him, so that situation. no longer works. Mm-hmm. So now he needs to take it to the next level, yeah. which is the raping. So he's a victim too, in a way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's the real well, victim. He didn't have a choice in having to do it. He, he was raised science, though, his whole life, wasn't he? He didn't become science. He no, was raised science. He was too. born into it. Science, yeah. Well, he probably is so fucked up from Scientology. Wait, that, is too. that why it's called the master? Fuck, I just got that. Master Come on. Come on. Dude, and then and then he's probably so fucked up from the Scientology. He thinks oh, he's like when he's like raping these women, he thinks he's like, like they need it. This using like some like Satan mind control. Like, Z-do. oh, it's working. Yeah. I am my power they can't resist. Yeah, you know? I'm the most cares. I feel like that's the general impression you get from Scientology's people. Scientology people is that they think that they're the most charismatic person, and that they're right. using they're using like actual yeah, mind magic he's... on you at all times. Yeah, a lot of smiling yeah, he... with their whole face. You yeah, know? <laughs> I I could totally see that this guy thinks he's like he's not raping. He's using helping. fucking he's helping. Scientology's helping. Take away the R, the P, and add it Wait, H and L. Are the ladies' wogs too? Are the ladies' wogs too, or are they like wogs? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like yeah, walls. Yeah, or wogs. gals. No, oh, it's yeah. worthy oriental gals. Bitches. Okay, well, I see gals. Yeah. Okay. I was going broads, but yeah, here's just good too. So, uh, you guys seen any movies lately? But Spacey got off, right? Okay, that's another trial. Anyway, it is. But yeah, he did. 
Not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. I've watched the movies. What are you? What have you watched? I watched the Redeem Team documentary. Um, I did want to talk tent. about that. I was gonna pull a clip, but I don't. Ha- I I couldn't. I couldn't get it in time. It's but, a lot of work. So yeah. I didn't actually watch the movie. I but I, every time I turn on Netflix and I scroll past it, they, they want you to watch it. There's like a clip that they play, mm-hmm. and the clip is all these guys on the what was it? Oh four or oh eight? Uh, it was oh eight. Is the oh eight yeah. Dream Team, and they're talking about how. Kobe was like, I'm going to run through Pau, which is like Pau Gasol, who he was teammates yep. with at the time. And they're all sort of talking about how at the beginning of the game, Kobe says, I'm going to run through Pau. And so Pau Gasol like comes to set a screen and Kobe and just like runs, runs right and over. just like shoulder charges him in the chest. <laughs> yeah. And I feel yep. like people have been doing this their whole career with Kobe where they're trying to spin the fact that he's a complete fucking sociopath uh, <laughs> into him being like a fierce competitor or something because like that is just psycho shit. Like I get if you're in the heat of the game and you've hard foul someone or you run through a screen or like, you know, you get upset by the game, but like premeditatedly being like, I'm going to fucking, uh, I'm going to intentional this guy, intentionally hurt this guy who might be my, who is my teammate in order to like send some, esoteric message or some shit like what yeah are it goes you doing? even deeper because he visited him the day before and was like you're my brother blah 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 and pow's on there giving an interview and he's like and i believe he did that to get in my head yeah <laughs> so, which is like geez man that's like your closest teammate and then he runs you over the day after telling you how much he loves you and it's like just all yeah it's all yeah. pretty psycho yeah i mean <laughs> granted like i'm i'm biased by the fact that i read that jeff perlman book which was hilarious because it was a book about like the Shaq Kobe dynasty and it came out yeah. like he'd been writing it for, I don't know how long, probably like five years. And it happened to come out maybe like two months after Kobe died to, oh, to the point tough. that he had to do a preface. Tough. Cause like most of the book was like about what a fucking asshole Kobe, <laughs> Kobe Bryant was. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just gets on my nerves. Like you see people with like Kobe Bryant stickers fucking everywhere. And even this, Mama mentality, man. Like, it's about. Yeah, it's everywhere. And like even before he died, people were still like sucking his balls and being well, like, what a competitor. Something, it's like, I don't know. I think there's you're something just an especially asshole. weird. Yeah, I mean, there's something especially weird too about that being that psycho about the Olympic. Like, I just being an outsider and not knowing anything about basketball, it, it seems almost like the United States should be banned from competing in basketball at the Olympics. Cause it should be such a fucking like so this, easy, this like, easy. Like we should send like the... our fifth, like our like the college players and they should be able to beat the whole fucking world. And the fact it's that not like, like that anymore, all, all the best players going over there and they still get. So the problem was in 04, they lost to Greece and people got real mad about it because it was like Iverson and Marbury um, actually, Wade and LeBron were on the team, but really young. And so then it was called Redeem Team because they had to like go show what's what with American basketball. But the world's pretty close now. Like Spain, you know, is yeah. good. You know, Giannis is good. Luke is good. You know, and so on and so forth. They're all doing the that. Funniest... They're all doing that Euro step, which uh, we used it's to just call team. traveling, but uh, <laughs> now apparently it's called something else. The funniest story from the whole thing, if you all watch the documentary, I'll give it to you. Is so Coach K coaches that team, and I don't really care much for Coach K. He seems like a knob, but he <laughs> yeah. did say because uh, they're going to Beijing or whatever, and he's like giving us a little speech in front of the team. He goes, "I tell you what, though." 
I'm not going to lose. They're going to have to fucking shoot me in the head if they think I'm going to lose this gold medal. And I was like, oh, all right, Coach K. Do your thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. You're competitive too, sure. Uh, but he did all like his army stuff. Like, is he, he coached an army like 40 years ago or something for like a day. <laughs> yeah. Like, before he went to do Still dining like, out he, on it. Yeah, he really is. And then he was from like that's Bobby. That's Bobby. Bobby or, Knight, too. Yeah. Bobby dude, Knight. I just watched a, a clip he of him. He was psycho as well. Did you see that clip of him where he's like trying to do a do- golf tutorial and <laughs> yeah, he keeps yeah, missing a bunker yeah. shot and he just goes, you fuck the fuck. And he's just screaming his <laughs> he fucking head off. Go, yeah, that's how you fucking do it. <laughs> he's doing a big time Winnebago, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. But then and like the- I, I talked about that, uh, that Kobe clip on Twitter and, and I don't know, people immediately compared it to Draymond green and uh, granted I'm a huge Draymond fan, but like, uh, I feel like those are two separate things. Like I get the idea of getting in a fight with your teammate. Uh, it seemed kind of weird that Draymond like straight up super tried to Superman punched him. That was pretty <laughs> aggressive. Not gonna lie, but like that to me is a different thing than uh, shoulder charging your friend like in the middle of the game just to like prove to your teammates that you're a competitive guy i guess like what are you even <laughs> what are you even doing that you care yeah it seemed like kobe spent half of his career um trying to script the eventual documentary about him like it was so the other story they told this is goes to your point actually this is a kobe story they said they told during the thing it was like mellow braun wade i think carlos boozer there's way more carlos boozer in this thing than you think i always but like that they guy. go out they go out drinking. They're in a club in Vegas, 5 a.m., right? They walk back in the lobby, and Kobe's there with his workout gear and his weight gloves. And they're like, where are you going, Kobe? What's up? He's like, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to work out. But, like, you know Vegas. Like, you don't just run into fucking people. It's, like, the biggest place ever. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, 70 <laughs> exits to everything and, like, 400 <laughs> miles between casinos. So he had to have just been waiting there for them yeah. to walk back in the club, right? Like Just hoping someone would see him. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, waiting around the lobby. Like they're gonna see Kobe works out at 5 a.m. And then so then like they're like then we from then on we all started working out, blah 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 at 5 a.m. Then we're all lifting weights. Except for Mello is like, I gotta tell you, I don't work out at 5 a.m. Like I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, that's cool. I'm with you. I get up at 5 a.m. in Vegas. But like uh, Mark yeah, Wahlberg. I, I I just love the idea of Kobe sitting by the concierge desk with his bag, like just waiting for an NBA player to walk in. So he'd be like, I'm going to work out now. Yeah, work guys, out. guys, look at me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like you try to meet someone in Vegas, you can't fucking find them, much less like an act that running like five famous NBA players. Yeah, that's big time. Like also- Mark Wahlberg releasing his workout <laughs> schedule uh, energy where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I golf for one hour at uh, 2 a.m. Uh, Pray then- for 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Also, you- do you think that like, I mean, it's also just a perfect example of like, there's this like, uh, you know, glamorization of people that, work really hard at something and spend all their time to achieve greatness. But it's like, for what just they spent all this time to achieve greatness. And then he died in a helicopter accident, like right away. And do you think he was going, gee, I wish I would have spent more time in the gym as the fucking planes, like crashing into the (laughs) side of the mountain. You know, he's probably like, Oh, I should have spent more time with my family here. Yeah. It feels like it totally stunted him as a person. Not only that, like, when you watch him play, I think it stunted him as a player too. Like he was really talented, but he was a fucking asshole ball hog who did not know how to play. He did not know how to play team basketball at all. I would be much more impressed with fucking Michael Jordan when they're like Michael Jordan. And then he fucking won the game seven of the NBA championships. And that morning 
he was dressed up as Barney at his three-year-old <laughs> yeah. fucking birthday party, like dancing as Barney. And then fucking an hour later was, you know, you'd yeah. be like, hey, that's pretty cool. You could do both of those things. But no, I mean, like, that's why I was gambling till 3 a.m. <laughs> right. No, but that that's why Joe Montana continues to be one of the uh, the, the all-time sports figures. Because like the, the big story about him, like there's all these stories about Jordan being a psycho, Kobe being a psycho, all these players being like, you know, psychopathic and tom brady obviously has like zero personality and seems like a fucking dud of a person but like the most famous montana story is in the super bowl like right before he throws the john taylor touchdown he like you know elbows his lineman and points in the stand and he's like hey look it's john candy like that's the most (laughs) that's the most famous montana story is pointing out john candy in the stands i think one of the critical differences between kobe and jordan is that jordan's teammates were legit afraid of jordan for some reason (laughs) and kobe's teammates just seem annoyed by him they're like dude yeah like we get it dude but like jordan's teammates seem legit like he might murder me. <laughs> like, this could go terribly wrong. Yeah. For me. He might murder the uh, the weird security guy that he plays like quarter, quarter, yeah, exactly. quarter throwing with. Yeah. Whereas like Kobe was trying I to. I forgot about that. Kobe's like doing Dude, that was impression. so fucking crazy. That was such a gambling addiction. You mean the guy? They would like play craps in the corner and fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan would expect like the security guard to pay him back probably thousands of dollars that they're come off that money. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna need to pay. Yep. Um, I saw. Um, I watched that movie. It's older, but I'm trying to catch up on my Timothy Chalamet. I watched The King. Mm, yeah, I like that one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like our pats in it. I like the brutality for some reason I, I do like timothy chalamet i don't know what it is maybe it's like the brooding maybe it's i think the... you know what it is i feel like he has a little bit of the russell brand thing where he has an annoying sort of public persona and you hear about him all the time so then you watch a movie with him and you think he's going to like, be oh, I like this. you think he's yeah. going to be annoying or like you know yeah. like his yeah. public persona it's the same thing with miles teller like i always yeah. think miles teller is going to be worse than he actually is and then they see him in yeah. a movie and i'm like yeah he's fine i don't care because i like dune I thought that was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I like Miles Teller and the, the the Top Gun. Yeah, you know everyone's made. I, I'm sure you've talked about Top Gun already, but everyone's made such a big deal of that Val Kilmer scene, and I really hated that. Oh, scene. I hated it too. Yeah, it felt so put in there to just be like, and this is Val Kilmer, guys. Well, also like, okay. like they wanted credit for putting a guy with uh, who couldn't talk, who couldn't talk like, in the scene, but then they dubbed him, and it's like it was pretty ghoulish. Okay, yeah, what the fuck? Like, you want credit for putting him in the movie, but you're still gonna dub over his real voice? Like I feel like you don't get credit for that anymore. It it weirded me out. I didn't know why we needed to go that route for five minutes and i was right. just like okay i just want to see more maverick going dun, 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 i mean dun, dun. wait what did you watch chalamet in uh the king dude uh, th- uh, yeah that's the that was a turning point for me with him because he's like pulls off being a badass well there's that one scene and i actually i totally understand it where our paths like they fight and he's finally beat our paths and then our paths is going to challenge him one-on-one but he's wearing the heavy gear so he slips in the mud and so he can't get to him. And the thing is like, well, Chalamet got his friend prepared him to do lighter gear in the mud, blah, blah, blah. His little fryer tuck guy. And then um, he's like, he makes a hand signal. And then like four dudes just commence to killing our paths. And so it's like the deal, if you're going one-on-one, but the guy falls, he's out of luck. Like, I just, I was wondering <laughs> about like the code there. Like, yeah. It seemed like he was going to fight him, but then he's like, well, this dude can't even get to me. He just gets to die. Like, was that the rationale there? I mean, I think his, it was like that his, 
soldiers saw him like be fucking just such a, a dork they were like all right we get it. Go. we're not this fighting we're not this fighting for this fucking guy yeah, yeah uh also joel edgerton joel edgerton is like i think he's quietly like one of the fucking best oh yeah he's good have you seen fucking good. actor did you see the one with um I watched that one about the Thai boys in the cave. Did you guys watch that? I didn't watch it. That's no, the Ron Howard one. No bro, chance. that movie was like no one chance. of the best movies I'd seen really? in like really? years, dude. I was like, I had no fucking clip. Maybe they dramatized it, but I had no fucking clip. First of all, Vigo rips and yeah. everything. Colin Very Farrell good. fucking rips and Joel Edgerton rips. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really like a dry... <laughs> And, and it's a really dry, like, kind of uh, telling of that story where they just kind of go through and tell what the story is and just let the story sort of kind of be this thing that you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, there's not a lot of, like, big fucking, you know, moments where the guys are crying and giving speeches or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, that movie was fucking great. Like, I, I had no idea how crazy that story actually was because i think the thai you know news organizations were trying to play it off like hey we're gonna get them out mm. you know it's no biggie but it was really like they were stuck like fucking 12 hours of scuba diving into this cave and nobody oh, but these fucking british yeah like like tech divers like these super gnarly tech divers could go in and fucking get them but these tech divers were fighting against the government Anyways, how did they get really in good. there? You should watch it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How did they get They trapped? fucking. So, all right, I'm just going to give you like a, a. Basically, they walk into this fucking cave and they're in there for hours. It's this soccer team, right? And it, it, like it was like an early monsoon. And then so flash flooded this cave, but it's literally miles of cave that got flooded. So oh. now they the Thai government says, okay, well, we got the Navy SEAL scuba divers, so they send their Navy SEAL, and the guys can't even go, like, so they can't even go that far. And then these dudes that are basically work for some nonprofit, they're like these British, you know, like businessmen, but they're like some of Boy. the world's best yeah. tech yeah. divers basically come in and say, hey, you got to let us, like, go and do this. And, and... Um, so do they a have lot to of it miles is, to these kids and miles back out with these dude, kids? Dude, they have to fucking scuba dive because miles twelve is a hours long for like time. for twelve hours <laughs> to God. get to these kids. Then fucking scuba dive with the kids. So they had to find somebody. They found this one dude that they knew that was a tech diver, who's the Joel Edgerton character, who's an anesthesiologist and also like a super high level tech diver, then they have to fucking scuba dive. You know, these are spoilers, but this is what makes it amazing. I mean, then they have to scuba it's dive. It's real life. So it's not that much of a yeah. spoiler. They had to scuba dive in. And basically they had to, first they had to talk this Joel Edgerton guy in to fucking anesthetizing these children, putting scuba mask on them. And then, and then they would have to like periodically, like every three hours they would have to give them, and they would have to anesthetize them again. They, so oh, he I had to train them. They I had to train these dead. divers how to, get, uh, you know, administer anesthesiology to keep, because if these and kids woke up. And they're taking these up, kids one by one? One by one. And if these kids woke up in the middle of this fucking dive, they would just immediately panic and fucking, so they have to tie their fucking arms and shit and legs together and then fucking anesthetize them, put this, and, they, and the kids are like, the only reason the kids the kids are in pitch black, 
miles underneath in in the in this darkness and the only reason they survive is because their fucking soccer coach is some like basically buddhist trained meditation instructor and he's got the kids like meditating for fucking like eight hours a day oh my god i mean (laughs) the whole thing is fucking crazy i've got i've got to watch you sold me me. yeah you you gotta watch it my final two questions are one how did they know they were trapped in there so they just didn't come back and people were like, oh, they went in there. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't come back. And okay. I, I don't remember the exact like because they wouldn't have had they... like cell phones and stuff. Like, no, been... no, that they 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 realized they were in the cave and they didn't know. They didn't know if they were alive when they okay. w- first went in there. And at first they just even getting to the kids, they couldn't my... get to the kids. It's a whole thing for them to even get to these fucking kids. And then there's also this thing where it's like the mountain there's leaks in the mountain so then it's a monsoon so there's water so the fucking cave is also filling up so they're fighting against time and they're running out of oxygen in this cave hell no and then my second question is what does elon musk have to do with any of this because i feel like there was an elon, elon musk, musk was like trying to say he was gonna send in like boring shit mm-hmm. like uh, for okay. mine type shit and you see when you watch this how stupid like all that shit was because <laughs> okay. it was like they just didn't have time to be like okay cool we're gonna fucking bore into the side of this fucking mountain. you know it's like it was pretty quick it, something needed to happen like fucking quick it's on netflix right i will watch it yeah, yeah. it's on netflix it's a ron howard movie so yeah. i was sort of like eh, this is gonna have like you know like beautiful mind type shit but it wasn't it was like very like dry kind of by the books like we're just fucking gonna tell this story and then i think we all had a bad such a crazy story taste in our mouth after hillbilly elegy we're like ah it's just gonna be it's another that fucking, Ron Howard? yeah it's gonna be another two terminators that story makes no fucking sense by the way like there's there's like neutral terminators and there's like good terminators and evil terminators and like which kind are you grandma and she's like i'm both and it's like well that just shits on your entire point but <laughs> did you guys like that book though I actually kind of didn't read it. Did like I liked the part of yeah, I, I mean I like too. I like any uh, stories about dysfunctional families. So like I really like white trash too. Is like a, is like a is like a, I love that yeah. space. So I really liked all the dysfunctional family stuff. And every once in a while he would get sort of didactic about like why welfare is bad and shit like that. And I just kind of was like okay blah blah blah. Like get to the next. <laughs> tell me about your grandma lighting your grandpa on fire like i don't really give yeah. a shit about your jesus yeah. but uh yeah i actually actually did and then and then he yeah i did too and it was such a bummer that he became such a fucking it was like what yeah well he got progressively worse i feel like it's just like you he kind of did the thing where he's he went to whoever was uh giving him the most shit kind of thing like he whoever whoever was giving him the most like attention and it just progressively got fucking worse and now he's like he even before he was like a trump guy he was like an annoying uh never trump guy and then and then he's just like ah don't worry about that now i love trump and i'm the trump guy and you're like okay yeah <laughs> and, and and when you read the book you think oh this is like a pretty like thoughtful guy he kind of sees like both sides a little uh-huh. bit you know like he's like a sensitive dude and then to see that that the dude that wrote that like become this you're like wait what the fuck like you were that guy this whole <laughs> yeah. time well our cultural memory is five seconds long so like nothing you do today matters tomorrow like whatever you say you are tomorrow people are just like oh, okay i'm not gonna look that up so that's kind of what he did like nothing nothing in his book matters none of his public persona matters it's like okay what's he telling me now all right good enough 
Yeah. Um, did you guys, uh, did you guys get to see the James Corden fucking, uh, omelet story? No. Yes. I, I saw the, the, uh, yolk omelet, right? Not whites. Yeah. So the story was like, there's some, wait, can I, can I preface this by saying that I have, I made it through James Corden's entire run of shit without like watching any James Corden shit. Oh no, I haven't watched it ever. I've only seen like clips of carpool karaoke and passing. And yeah. It's... Like even that, like I've not watched. I saw, I've seen I've like maybe all of it. I've saw maybe like three it. seconds of any clip and I was like, Oh, this is definitely not my thing. Like, <laughs> like a celebrity being positive yeah. about, I think I saw one thing one time and then it was just like, it literally, so I don't even read the article because I just I don't want anything to do with this person. Let's sing a song with a celebrity is just like a certain uh, subset of pop culture. Like there's a whole industry dedicated to like right. Let's sing a song it's like with moms a famous person. And People magazine and Us Weekly readers only appreciate that. Yeah. So like I yeah I was I knew very much like that's not my thing, but that didn't stop me from having certain assumptions like about James Corden. Um, I like that he comes off this positive, like life affirming, everybody's buddy. And then in private seems to be an absolute fucking monster. I think that's like the entire appeal of this. I mean, cause he's got that kind of persona where I'm like, I don't understand why this guy is famous. Like he's not funny to me and his positivity seems like transparently an act. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's like this, it's, it's not quite the Seacrest thing. Cause like the whole Seacrest thing is, I feel like his, he went his entire career with people being like, well, I don't necessarily like this guy, but he's bland enough that other people would probably like him. And he's, he's somehow, legit. he's 24 seven. Like he's not yelling at people in the background. I don't think. Like, oh, he seems like a, that guy has a rape done. Really? Like he seems All like right. a complete, he seems like he <laughs> sleeps. I mean, he seems like he sleeps in the box he came in. Like, doesn't he? Like, that's <laughs> like, he's a weird guy. I don't know. But like that, like, but that's kind of career where it's like this person's bland. And I assume that he's, you know, I assume that he's broadly appealing. No one actually likes him, but they assume they assume that there's someone else out there that might, out there, yeah. might like him. Yeah. And Corden feels like a little bit of that and a little bit of like the Ellen thing where, you know, just like also a monster relentlessly positive but in a fake way yeah yeah and the weird thing about somebody like ellen is like i remember thinking when she was doing stand-up that she was so fucking funny yeah i thought she was really she funny was too. like capable of like creating like something like art you know mm-hmm. like something that resembled some sort of art or whatever you know like Ethan Rosie O'Donnell has like done stuff that you go, God, this is fucking Rosie O'Donnell's great in this. So she's good. You know, where there's like a depth to it and artisticness, creativity to it. It's like, but having a career like Ellen's where it's like, you're just a fucking like, just a fucking cheerleader basically. Yeah. Just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, were they always like that or did that career? Don't you want to be creative? Yeah, like did that career turn? I think I assume that that career must turn you monstrous, uh, just yeah. because I can't imagine well, she, it. From reading about her, it seemed like she was very, she was like a perfectionist, and she was like very like 
worried about shit not being exactly right. And I think people just become overwhelmed by stress, especially women can't handle stress. <laughs> I would think that a daily, a daily anything would be pretty awful. Yeah. It's yeah, like daily anything. Their mucus like plug a, hardens so much. Like whenever. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one fly by. Get that like, waddle. Hey, Joe, yeah. that's not right. You can't say that. Okay. All right. No, yeah. I didn't mean that. Yeah. I want a woman president. I want a woman president. <laughs> Give me a woman president. So James Gordon, I basically like, He's one of those people that pops up in pop culture. I'm like, oh, that guy's annoying. Um, and uh, but so there's a story. This guy who owns Balthazar in New York, which is apparently like this restaurant that media types like to go go to. He wrote on uh, on Instagram that James Corden was the worst customer he's ever had. Uh, one of the story. There's two managers reports. This is the second one. Uh, brunch maitre d Allie Walters took the party to table 301. Mr. Corden's wife ordered an egg yolk omelet with Gruyere cheese and salad. A few minutes after they received the food, James called their server and told her there was a little bit of egg white mixed with the egg yolk. Uh, MK informed the floor manager uh, the kitchen remade the dish, but unfortunately sent it with home fries instead of salad. Uh, That's when James Corden began yelling like crazy to the server. You can't do your job. You can't do your job. Maybe I should go into the kitchen and cook the omelet myself. Uh, blah 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 uh yeah anyway so that was so that was the story it's from this weird media whore restaurateur guy so i was like i don't even know i don't know that this story is true but i kind of don't i think the general reaction was like apologized uh he didn't like the restaurant guy said that he called him and apologized and everybody Uh, wrote it up like it actually happened and i was like i don't think you can just take this random guy's word for it but uh anyway but i feel like it's one of the stories that you just sort of uh, you assume it's true because it plays into your idea of what a James Corden Person. is like. I've been trying this whole time to work in a James Corden blue joke, and I just can't get there. Like I can't figure out how to do it. There's no way in. Like the Thai people trying to get to those kids. Yeah. You know? So so he hadn't really <laughs> he hadn't addressed it except today there was a uh, uh, there was a profile of him that apparently had already been planned. Uh, right when this egg thing happened, it's in the New York times. Um, and, uh, and in this, I feel like he comes off just as weird as the story makes him seem, even as he tries to make the point that why do we care about this? Um, Corden, the comic actor and host of CBS's The Late Show, was having breakfast on Thursday morning in the Mark Restaurant by Jean George in Manhattan's Upper East Side when he heard another patron at a nearby table curtly rebuking a waiter about the meal she had ordered. The eggs, it seemed, were not to her liking. Corden shot a conspiratorial glance across his own table to a New York Times reporter he was dining with and quietly said, Happens every day. It's happening in about 55,000 restaurants as we speak. It's always about eggs. More archly, he added, can you imagine now if we just blasted her on Twitter? Would that be fair? This is my point. It's insane. Uh, yeah, but you're a public figure. That's, that's <laughs> di- I mean, there's a clear right. difference. Like, and also, you get millions of dollars to do a show at late at night. Like, and like, I, I'm not, I, I, I get that the whole like creep shotting people and like 
calling random people out on social media is broadly like probably not a great thing but i also think like one of the only good things about it is like yes you should always treat a server like someone else is fucking watching (laughs) you like the like if, if that's your only uh if that's your only fucking um impediment to treating people like shit like like yes you should like if someone's treating a fucking uh like a waiter uh like an asshole like yes you should absolutely be prepared for someone to film that interaction and put it online also like like, if my my wife wants my wife wants to do this fucked up omelet then that's on her like i'm not gonna complain about it like it seems like a stupid order to begin with she's gotta have Yolks, like what? Where do the whites go? Then? <laughs> yeah. I were just wasting the whites. Like, I, it's like, such a weird so order. Comes, comes back, <laughs> right, like if my wife starts, fuck off. Like I don't care. I mean, the fact that she yeah, wants a uh, salad instead of potatoes with breakfast already makes me think she's a sociopath. Like it's not defending yeah, her yeah. honor. You're just you're just help. You're enabling a weirdo at that no, point. It's like the, mi- is... the minute people start making those type of orders <laughs> at restaurants, I just am shaking my head. I go, they're gonna fuck. They're gonna fuck it up. Also, like <laughs> you're not up. the king. You're a fucking diner. Yeah, you're right. Made, like you're make just, me four omelets like and the... bring me the best one. Yeah, exactly. So dumb. It's also in a way, it's like saying to the people at, that own the restaurant, like, hey, make me so I don't trust any of the stuff that you've but picked out. Doing, yeah. Make me the thing that I want. I, like a <laughs> yeah. child. Yeah. yeah. And then, I like, mean, if you're going to do rest- that shit, you just say, like, okay, I got it. And now I'm eating it. And I'm going to shut the fuck up. Like, that's, and also, it's that's like your you're, there you're famous. You probably have a personal chef to do that shit yeah. for you. Like, order off the menu at the restaurant, psychopath. Um, I mean, you want to talk about like being entitled, like Jesus, dude. And like, what do you pay for that omelet? Like 30 bucks, maybe 25, but like, yeah, it's not whatever it's worth. It's not worth their time to hear, listen to your dumb ass complain about it. That's for sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So so there's this, so this profile is happening right after that happened. Uh, I still cannot figure out like what Corden's angle is on this thing, which is kind of fascinating to me. Uh, On Thursday morning, after a long interview in which Corden variously said that the debate about him was not worth acknowledging and that he was likely to address it in Monday's broadcast, he defiantly declared that he did not want credit for going ahead with what could have been, and often was, an awkward conversation. Uh, I haven't done anything wrong on any level, he said, so why would I ever cancel this? I was there. I get it. I feel so zen about the whole thing because I think it's so silly. I just think it's beneath all of us. It's beneath you. It's certainly beneath your publication. Yeah, but yeah, why are you talking about that? Dude, you, Larry, you said something that may that I always think about, like as somebody that owns, like kind of you know, like a restaurant, whatever, food cart, restaurant, tasting room thing. It's like people will pull in or people will do stuff, and I'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Like you can't do that." And they'll be like, yeah. "Oh, okay." I go, "Yeah, I need you to move." They go, "Well, I was gonna buy a soda." It's like, "Hey." Keep your $2. Yeah, I don't need it. Like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't want your fucking $2 that bad, bro. <laughs> I'm going to have you park on my fucking lawn or whatever the fuck stupid shit well, yeah, you decide and they feel you want to like do. It entitles them to something like if I buy an omelet, then now you're my like servant. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. Like, like I, I paid for a slave and now he's not even being properly deferential. <laughs> yeah. 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 you're like you're exactly. getting service fuck off like i don't care yeah. if i owned a restaurant i'd be throwing people out of there left and right but like, <laughs> i also think like he's 
he's talking shit about how the New York Times shouldn't be writing about this, which on one level, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I can agree with that. But also, aren't you the guy who got famous for singing fucking songs with celebrities in a car? Like, who the fuck yeah. are you to say that gossip is beneath? That's, that's your entire right. career. He also, yeah. <laughs> side note, like I, I, I had assumed James Corden was gay this whole time, and I don't know if that's <laughs> really? like. That's funny. Though. I mean, I don't know. I just assumed the guy whose whole thing was like singing in a well, car. With... He's got the smoking hot wife, of course. Sure. Comes with it. I, I don't know. So, but, but it kind of just made not in the way that like oh, like all the stuff he does is effeminate. Just more in the way that like I thought I understood what his like angle of his persona was, which was yeah. sort of like the nice gay friend and now bear. i yeah. don't understand what his angle is at all like he's the he's like a nice he's hetero but he only dates mutes yeah so. and he's british he's a british guy but he's positive like what the fuck he's, he's, <laughs> he's definitely off brand he's, right. he's <laughs> just play, like all of his characteristics are like playing against type um, yeah at Thursday's breakfast, Corden did not give his own account of what had happened in these incidents or discuss whether he had apologized. At first, he parried any discussion of McNally's posts or reaction to them. Asked if he was feeling all right, Corden cagely said, About what? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, when asked directly if he was aware of the conversation about him that McNally's yes, posts had initiated, Corden said, I haven't really read anything. It's strange. It's strange when you were there. I think I'm probably going to have to talk about it on Monday's show. My feeling often is never explain, never complain, but I'll probably have to talk about it. He added, as he, as he said several times in the conversation, that it feels like such a silly thing to talk about. Unlike the rest of the stuff you're talking about, which is like <laughs> how to broker peace in the Mideast. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I like when someone's deflecting uh, and it's just it gets it gets increasingly transparent where. Guys, let's get back to the carpool karaoke and quit with this uh, silly stuff. OK, <laughs> yeah, uh, with these nonsense things. Corden said that any online criticism of him likely reflected the awareness and opinions of a small part of the overall population. Oh, go that route. I like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dude, but also, don't, don't you think that... Um, I, I think it's interesting that James Corden has a wife because, dude, I thought he was gay and I always thought that was part of his appeal was that he was like... A, like I, I think there's like a huge section of his of people that follow James Corden that probably thought no, he was... He's not like gay. He's, he's gay British. Dude. He's British. <laughs> That's a common, he's just a uh, yeah yeah yeah. I mean yeah, okay. I too thought that that there was part a, of the persona. I I just assumed that it was. He sings. Uh, yeah, and I always thought that was like for dude forever. I thought that was like part of his thing that he was sort of like you know this that he was a gay dude and that's why it had like kind of you know gotten him maybe a little bit more attention because he was different. But it's like no, he's just a straight dude. There's I don't know there's that that is British and yeah jolly I guess yeah. who's, that, who's the really big British interview who's like super famous for his show wait the British interviewer oh Graham oh, Norton the Graham Graham yeah he's shred. yeah he's funny Graham yeah. Norton he's it, really funny Br- British the, the BBC does a weird thing where it's like the entire point of the BBC is to sort of export British culture and sort of like be their national thing and yet you can't get any BBC shit outside of outside no. of the UK and it's like isn't this isn't this the whole fucking point of why this no, exists no they only give you the news you, got, you guys have. are doing this completely wrong uh, <laughs> anyway um, yeah 
Corden said that any online, blah, 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 a small part of the population. Should we not all be a little grown up about this, he said? I promise you, ask around this restaurant. They don't know about this. Maybe 15% of people. I've been here, been walking around New York. Not one person's come up to me. We're dealing in two worlds here. He added, if I lived on Twitter, Hillary Clinton is the president of the United States and Jeremy Corbyn won by a landslide. (laughs) We're struggling now. We're struggling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're really it's, it's like he doesn't have that internal thing that says, he just bro, ran out just... of gas yeah. at the end there. Like, <laughs> like and then, uh, yeah. Uh, and all, another thing, all these kids on their smartphones all the time now, it's like, doesn't even anybody, like, doesn't even like anybody read gonna... a newspaper? <laughs> Dude, I, I just, that BBC thing made me think of like, because if you Googled BBC, I'm sure you're not like, you're even, <laughs> you know what you're going to get. But I was talking to, I was talking to this mother and her daughter had, um, we were talking about genetic testing. Her daughter had this thing called trisomy X where it's like your baby's born with three X chromosomes. Okay. And it's like, it's one of these like genetic disorders where you can either, it can, you can either have like barely anything wrong or like, you the baby could die like two months into it Uh right so she's like finds out the baby's gonna have it she's trying to figure out what this means and so she just starts googling triple x triple x triple x and all she she was like and it was just all these horrible videos and pictures of diesel (laughs) and she couldn't find anything about her okay baby triple x minus vin diesel minus pornography (laughs) like you got a a lot of minuses yeah Yeah, nice lady just going pictures of Vin Diesel and horrible videos and I can't find any information. That's what the no, third a... that's what the third triple X movie should be called is Trisomy X. <laughs> Either something's horribly wrong or everything's fine. This summer. Yeah. <laughs> You'll either die or be great. <laughs> So what would how did this end up? Was the kid okay? Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it has uh, it's totally fine. It's well, there's got, a like, fucking happy end. A little bit like shorter than like a normal kid, like That's a normal okay. kid for its size or whatever. But yeah, it's no big deal. See, I thought you were asking me about how the Corbin thing ended up, and I was about to. Oh yeah, how did no, that? I just Sorry, went Corden, on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, while Corbin said that he was not denying anyone's right to criticize him online. He compared the new media's amplification of negative social media posts to a school principal offering aid to classroom bullies. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the principal makes the decision to stand up and say, I'd like all of those bullies to come up onto the stage and say into the microphone what they've just been saying in the hallway over there, he said. Uh, at the breakfast conclusion... I'm lost. I am lost. Yeah, I'm so lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a graph and a. I kind of yeah. think I kind of know what he's saying. It's like when the teacher was like, when the teacher like chastises you for for whispering Talking. in the back. It's like, oh, you want to come up in front of the class Talking. and tell us what you've been whispering? And then, but what does that have And to then do they come up there and they're like, Jane's a fat cunt, and it's like, no, that's not what you're, I think that's what he's going for. <laughs> okay, but it's okay, kind of like that part. Uh, <laughs> at the breakfast conclusion, Corden offered a cordial goodbye and left the restaurant. The waiter who had served him said he was only vaguely aware of who he was. I know he's famous, she said. I think he's British. Nice. <laughs> nice. Solid. solid Dude, well, you did, Laramie, you just gave me an idea for a TV show called Fuck Factor, where you have like normal <laughs> yes. couples. Yes. And they come out and they yep. fuck and they just start fucking in front of porn stars. And then the porn stars like rate them or give them tips and stuff. Mm. I absolutely like that. 
I also like a, a one called Fuck Factor, where it's when you finally say like "fuck no" to whatever's happening. So it's not Fear Factor; it's Fuck Factor. You're in a restaurant, you know, you're serving people, and they're like, "I need the lemonade, half lemonade, half auto <laughs> You're like, "Fuck no, I'm out. Fuck you, Fuck Factor." I think it should be American Idol X, like because it's like. Isn't it weird that Joe Rogan's famous and he did Fear Factor? Is no one else constantly weirded out by that? He was kind of famous before well, he, Fear Factor. He did Factor. a great job of like keeping himself relevant. That before show he became the podcast so hard. guy. That show but it was huge. So hard. And then he was on news radio. I mean, that guy yeah. was on news radio. He's on Fear Factor. Then he was doing UFC. Like he did a great job of just like staying in the keeping mix. himself fucking busy and like in the mix and yeah. in front of the fucking world. Yeah, you gotta. And, he never had to pick a lane, which is kind of impressive. Like he started out. But he's still yeah. right. He's still like, well, Trump could be right. Like, right? Isn't this a fucking old gig? I mean, look, if you don't know the credulous guy that you do jujitsu with, the Joe Rogan per- persona is not going to like make sense. But like, I feel like every person uh, that does jujitsu like knows a Joe Rogan and you're like, yeah, okay. you yeah. take him in the spirit that he's intended. Like, like he's, he's contrarian or something. It's, or? it's just tattoos, it's like, weed, jujitsu yeah. and conspiracy theories. Like they go down weird rabbit holes of culture and they can sort of be swayed by it. Like the thing about Joe Rogan, everyone who wants to act like he's like, the worst person ever but like his whole thing is like he can be convinced of things like yes he can be convinced of terrible things but like if you get him with the right people he can also be convinced of good things sometimes so like i feel like he's just open he's open i feel like he's like 15 percent of like american males so like if you if you write that kind of person off like you are fucking he's the type of guy that wants to be like fucking baked and have you say something and him just be like that's Whoa. fucking interesting dude. Yeah. like yeah, yeah he just wants to constantly be like <laughs> so he likes oh. novelty essentially yeah i mean he's just Whoa. yeah he's interested in stuff which is not the worst thing in the world i mean it clearly it can be but uh <laughs> well at scale when you're like telling your mindless fools all these things and they're like yes then it could be a little i think little disheartening. part of the problem that leftism has in general is that uh you know you get a guy like joe rogan who's like a workout guy like when you're really into like gym stuff and martial arts like you've spent your life training to like be a tough guy and be strong and be like capable that uh, i think for some of them when you uh like the idea of uh acknowledging people who are weak or like need help in any way like it's sort of they see it as weakness in a way and they're not inclined to that because like they've like they're so t- they're like training to beat the weakness out of themselves so that when they see it in other people, it's uh like they it's like why aren't you doing this? Yeah, too? like what the fuck is wrong with you? And it's like that's not really what we're doing. Like, <laughs> like they don't. Yeah, there's not. Uh, yeah, they're not geared towards um helping Killing. the people yeah. that are not capable. So, well, yeah. I mean, even even like some of these people, I I still don't understand some of these like Joe Rogan. Uh, offshoot that have popped up like uh, there's this guy David Goggins that everybody likes and I still can't figure out oh, what he's the fuck the, his, deal, his is. deal is he just like, like runs a lot he's he like going. and then if yeah. I feel like don't run in that's when I go out and I run a lot more he's like, former running so much <laughs> yeah. marine special forces or whatever and he's like yeah, he you was got like a beast and then he became a navy yeah. seal and now he's yeah. like just won't stop running and it's like bro <laughs> you're gonna be in a wheelchair at 60 <laughs> and like what's the it's just like what's the point of running that much unless you really like running like if you're like hey nothing makes me happier than running so i've made a life out of running i go 
wow, that's amazing. I would like to do that. But instead of just being like, running makes me fucking scared. And so I do it all the time and I'm terrified all day and that kills my fear. I, I don't know. I don't. Do you then go home and eat like fucking a pot pie and you're like joyous or what's the, <laughs> where's the benefit? Yeah. I think, yeah. and I think they've proven like long-term running is pretty bad for you. Yeah. Like I mean, your knees and your fucking. Well, you know, it's, yeah, you can't do it. But yeah. They you suggest should, I just don't, I just don't get the philosophy, the broader philosophy that goes behind like all this shit where it's just like. Grind and grind. grind yeah. and no, like, there's a, okay, like I get recommended a lot of shit like that where something where it's like a lot of these like ex special forces and like military guys and people will be like, oh no, he's like a a positive guy and he has a lot of good things to say and I'm like, okay, that's that's great. I I don't know. I don't need a masculinity guru. Like I don't need another person like telling me, uh, like this is how you be a dude. Like I don't. It's never interested yeah. me in the least. I get that it's like a huge industry, but. I can't imagine right. wanting like, that for myself. I have myself. a dad, so I have a dad. <laughs> I I rise and grind every day with or without these people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, too, am 100% testosterone, like on little Melba toast. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a point. I was hoping someone would bail me out. No, I, li I like working. Every day on <laughs> I'll, put in, I'll put in work for the things that I like to do. But when people, yeah. when people start, I, oh, I know what I was gonna say. when people start They're talking about people. how good work is for <laughs> its own so sake, funny. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear how much you work. I don't want to hear how stressed you are. I don't want to hear well, about your grind. Like to be able to stop working. Hopefully. Yeah. People so, need, like, to, people don't need to hear that. People need to hear that you they need to chill the fuck out. Scrotal cream, and you're like cooking with it. You're like <laughs> yeah. mixing in it to fucking. No, what I was gonna say is the running people are legit addicts. It's just that yeah. their addiction is, you know, has potential good things about it. But so does gambling. I can win money, right? I don't always yeah. lose. Yeah. So, you know, I might meet love of my life on heroin. Some things work out, but like my point is, everyone's like, "Oh, you run, you're a marathoner. Congrats, kudos to you." And it's like. Eventually, that bear's going to catch you, man. Well, also, yeah. it's like, I don't know. I, I think running is, I mean, I like, I like to exercise. I think exercise is generally a good thing. But the marathon and like ultra marathoners where we're like uh, saying how cool they are. Fucking... And it's like, uh, this guy just hates his family. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he like, needs to get out. Like, he wants to get away. This guy isn't into exercise. He's into uh, yeah. just hating society. Like he doesn't want to be around people for fucking eight hours at a time. I but, was reading yeah, about this. Yeah, we have a neighbor. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, we have a neighbor that's like a lady, old lady, and she'll just sit out on this, um, not a stool, a fucking bench that she has like out in front of her house, and she'll just watch the birds. And I go, isn't that what you want? That you're just like, <laughs> yes. I can just yes. sit on a bench and, that's what I want. and be joyous about the birds. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. I, if I could find a way to be her, I'd much prefer that than to have to run fucking 100 miles <laughs> yeah. to find no, peace. I'm, I'm one of the guys that's more like the runner guy where I always have to be like doing something uh, in order to be happy like whether i like i need to be working out or i need to be fucking like doing something around the house or like practicing my golf yeah. but i recognize that as a problem i recognize <laughs> yes. that that is not a yeah. healthy way of living it's a like, coping mechanism yes yeah. yes yeah, i recognize that if i was like a, a healthier person i would be able to like sit down and chill out and relax and that i need someone to tell me to do that i don't need someone to tell me to like uh yeah. work, harder. work harder or like be more of a perfectionist about your various hobbies. Like I don't need that in my yeah. life. I already have that little person in my the, brain uh, and he's bad. <laughs> I was reading about the guy who 
caught the Golden State Killer, the cold case guy. I mean, a lot of people contributed to that thing. Uh But he went through a bunch of his cases, and he basically detailed how he'd ruined his life through cold cases. (laughs) Like, his family estranged, his kids estranged, because he's, like, always doing this cold case shit, right? He's in the labs, he's in the fucking documents, he's reading it over, he's checking, he's pulling the streets. And I thought it was a really kind of a great book because it was super sad and it was super tragic, <laughs> but he like solved a bunch of crimes. He was a net positive for society, but he also ruined his fucking life doing it. And he was very candid about that. He's like, yeah. I gave all my attention to these cold case things and none of my attention to the people I cared about. And that was that, you know, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I mean, that is a really good lesson. You have to choose what's important to you, but that choice sometimes uh, doesn't work out. Yeah. It goes, well, it goes right? poorly. Like, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you chose the wrong thing. Sometimes you realize that you're like the Reddit McNulty where, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm glad they caught that fucking golden state killer, but I also wish that guy wouldn't ruin his life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he must've gotten a pretty killer rush when you fucking solve a right? cold case, like from oh, a he, fucking yeah. armchair. It must be like, yeah, it's gotta be so, so it good. Be like, Cause oh it took him like God. 25 years. Oh like it took yeah. so long. Yeah. And he basically retired. But like some of the other ones, it took him less time. Yeah. Yeah, some like, you know, he'd do it in a year or three months or six months. But what he was doing is pulling old rape kits or pulling old forensics, putting them through new DNA techniques and trying to match them through um, genealogy stuff. And so pretty like modern advanced criminology stuff and super cool. But like then you start trying to find a relative okay, who lived by them, last names and so on and so forth. So really interesting. Um, But yeah, pretty time consuming. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a hobby for you guys out there. Dude. Anybody out yeah, there? Solve some cold cases. Get off your yeah. ass. Get off your ass. Sol- solve a cold case. <laughs> that's insane. Rise and grind out there for some cold cases. But that guy inspired probably um, 10 million people across the world that are now also fucking ruining their life. Yep. I mean, yep. my mother in law is some. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> my mother in law follows this fucking. She's like. And a moderator on some like true crime woman from South Africa. And dude, she'll spend like five hours on live and I'll come in. I'll be like, uh, hey, uh, da da da. And she's just like, I'm on a live. I can't, like, <laughs> can't fucking even. do it. And you're like, okay, well, fuck. This There's is a leak too. in the bathroom. Yeah. And the guy Laramie's talking about, he's by far like the best of those kind of people because yeah, Paul, he has Paul Holes. Yeah. yeah, I've interviewed him before. Yeah, it's he's like, genius. He's a nice guy, but like, yeah, he because he he has normal common sense and normal boundaries. Where a lot of these like armchair sleuth people, it's just like <laughs> their method of research is just like emailing. Yes. It's just like yelling at someone online because they heard about them uh, being a murderer on the first of a six episode uh, true crime podcast. Yeah. So it's like yeah. they're just like online harassing people and shit and, yeah. and being like, I think it was a ghost and you need to admit it. And it's like, these are uh, clearly unhealthy people. Well, and they all like, they're all trying to get that rush with like four minutes of work. They're like, I've solved this cold case. Yeah. You know, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't think yeah. you have. Like, I don't think- <laughs> I heard six minutes of this podcast and I definitely That's think it was I've the devil. It. I'm a genius. Have you guys been following the Adnan Syed thing? Yeah, he's out, dude. The serial dude? Do you guys know who? It's oh, the yeah, guy yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's out. And now he's yeah. out. I just wondered if you guys said, I, because I, it just popped into my brain that I meant to Google uh, who, uh, what Reddit thought oh. of was that. The theory, was the theory that he was it. not guilty, right? Or was that he was guilty? Which was the theory? Who said he was not guilty? I think that it was. Okay. Yeah, I think there was. There was competing theories about Ugh. that. 
And it seems so. You just have to Google it really hard to figure out. Just just listen to Serial. It's a pretty good podcast. Okay, figure it out. I don't really listen to true crime. That's not really my my thing. I commit them. Depends. I don't listen. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Depends on the show. Get out of it. Um, dude, what about what if there's a fucking okay? Th- here's an idea for a movie. It's a fucking okay. It's a guy. He storms D Day, right? And he's like a super crazy hero. He like saves a whole fucking battalion with his heroism. Uh-huh. And oh. then it's like it's like fifty years later. He's an old guy, and now he's just going around fucking sucking like a ton of dicks. He just <laughs> wants up sucking dicks. Okay, okay. And the movie and the movie's called. Thank you for your slurpness. Yep. I mean, work. you're doing a lot of work to justify that <laughs> pun. But I respect that. Or I, I was going to call it like beachhead. Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't that be better? Beachhead? Sure. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I actually asked this question to somebody like two days ago. Or if you could just call your... it D Day. Yep. Also good. Mm-hmm. If you lose your wallet and your yeah, phone, that's... it's 2 a.m., what do you do? Like you've lost your phone and your wallet. What do you do? Swam. You're in the streets of New York. And this person told me, well, I guess you're sucking dick to get home. And I thought that was very aggressive. <laughs> but I also didn't have a better thing to do. And that alarmed me. That sounds like the Bear Grylls thing where, like, no matter what happens, he just he just starts drinking his urine. Like, no matter what went it, on, yeah. he's whatever happens, Bear Grylls is always going to drink his piss. And it's like, dude, you could have yeah. just, uh, I don't know. you could. But, like, you've got to get home. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Do you go to the police? Is that what they're for? Your congressman? Dude, I don't know. Like that. That would be a good show. It's a nightmare. The guy scenario. that gets out of every situation by, <laughs> by sucking dick. A show I literally... no matter where you put him, he gets out by sucking dick. <laughs> Just blowing people. I would watch a show it's like a Mission with... Impossible. Possible, but. Joe, just dick sucking. Joe and Matt Lieb raising newborns in the same house. I would pay. Hundred dollars a day for a feed of that, I think. Well, <laughs> by the t- time Joe has a kid, Matt's is not going to be a newborn anymore. But that's yeah, true, that's a I good suppose. idea. Yeah, work. All right, and guys. I want to know Francesca's whole point. I want to know what she's going through right now because now she has two newborns. You know, <laughs> yeah. same fucking house. one really tall one and one, <laughs> one real real big one. All right, you calling it? You I got to call it. I really got to pee, so I figure we just yeah. uh, knock drink this it, out. drink it. Um, you guys. Uh, you're already listening, so you don't need to subscribe to Frost, Frostcast at uh, patreon.com slash Frostcast. Um, if you have emails, uh, Frostcast at gmail.com, 415-275-0030 if you want to leave us a voicemail. Uh, Laramie, where can we find you online, if at all, if advisable? On Twitter, L-A-R-E-M-Y. It's open for business. I'm looking to get back to my 5,000 followers. I'm at 4994, I think. Dude. So I need 60 of you to join. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Yeah. Joe? Mm-hmm. Dude, I. what are those like secret white power hand signals? What's it the right wing d- does? <laughs> I, know I, these. I, I forgot to tell you, I was doing it the whole time. Oh, damn. Yes. Accidentally. Damn. Great. Great stuff. I picked up on um, it. I just didn't want to tell people. I didn't know that. <laughs> um. Yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Tell you know you can write in the comments. Tell me what you think of thank uh, thank you for your slurpus as an idea. I just um, thought of a service that delivers you a grandma Instagram. Instagram, and she comes and takes care of your exactly your needs. I like it. Okay. All, All right. right. Yeah, follow me on Instagram. And, and hey, great talking to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Great seeing you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's been a pod. I think it was a solid B plus. Um until next week.
Good night and good chins.